worship you together, to be encouraged together. And the outcome is, I pray, is that you will receive all glory and all honour, that your name will be lifted up, that for every person as we leave this place at the end of this time, we'll have a little more perspective perhaps than what we came in with, but that you'd be made famous. So thank you for the opportunity to be able to gather. Thank you that we can do this in absolute freedom. Father, I lift those to you as well that aren't here this morning that normally would be for whatever reason. I ask that they would know your presence, that they would know wherever they are, whatever they're doing, that sense of belonging to a great family and that they would know your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. Take a seat for a couple of minutes. As I said, welcome. It is great to have you here this morning. And uh, we're going to have a great morning together. We're very, very blessed today. We've got Pastor Ray Andrews with us. And so if you've never had the, had the chance of uh, Pastor Ray ministering to you, today's your lucky day. You're going to have a, have a blast as he brings the word of God a little later on. If you're visiting with us today, a, a very, very warm welcome. First of all, it's great to have you with us. And can I invite you as you leave at the end of the meeting, as you go out the, the auditorium doors, just go right. And there's a couple of tables there and there'll be somebody there to help you. And there'll also be um, some welcome packs there. You can get a free coffee, etc. in the crossover cafe. And um, I think there's chocolate or there's lollipops in the bags as well. So they're worth picking up. But um, just encourage you as you leave to pop out there and grab a bag. But church, can we give our guests a welcome this morning, please? It's great to have you with us. It's excellent. Well, who's had a birthday or a celebration this last week? Anne has. I know Anne has. Come and stand with me, Anne. Had a birthday? Come and, come and join me. Anniversary? Birthday? Anniversary? Come and join me. Fantastic. Any other birthdays or anniversaries today? Just lucky three. Fantastic. Church, why don't we all stand because we're going to get to pray God's blessing on these people. Am I allowed to ask how many years? 35 years. That is definitely worth a hand. Congratulations. That's awesome. Well done. It's getting a few on the clock now, isn't it? <laughs> Can we have the, uh, the prayer up? would be great. Thanks so much. Right, let's pray God's blessing on these wonderful people. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have I given them a big hand? Happy anniversary. Happy birthday. It's Anne's birthday today, actually. Kids are already out, aren't they? Yes, they are. Well, Ange, why don't you come and read the psalm to us this morning? Can I encourage you as Ange finishes? If you don't know Ange, Ange um, works part-time with Community Link. Well, you do far more than that, don't you? But just to help join a few dots for people. Um, can I encourage you as Ange finishes, just take some time to reflect on what the Scripture's saying. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and enjoy Psalm 24 The earth is the Lord's 
and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Saviour. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of glory. church we're going to enter into a time of praise now if you'd like to stand to your feet and we're going to pick it up with a a favorite song I think of Pastor Ray's from what I hear possibly Heavens are your tabernacle. Glory to you, Lord on high. God wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. The universe declares your majesty. You are holy.
early in the morning. Early in the morning, I will celebrate the light. When I tumble in the darkness, I will call your name right now. God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are holy. Holy, the universe declares your majesty. You are holy, holy. God of wonders, God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy, the universe declares your majesty. Holy, holy, sing hallelujah, hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth, 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 God who beyond our galaxy you are holy holy universe declares your majesty you are holy holy God of wonders God of wonders beyond our galaxy you are holy
declare this morning, Lord, you are Lord of all. You are faithful. God of wonders. You amaze us, Lord. We love you. my portion, my attention is set on you. I was made to worship, I was made for your embrace. I was made to worship, I was made to bless your name. Cry out for you 
Church, what you say? Covered by your grace, oh, 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 oh
Grace, beautiful grace. Grace, beautiful grace. At the cross, love everlasting. Grace, powerful grace. Grace, powerful grace. At the cross, all of my past is I think one of the tangible aspects of God's grace is church, church family, not necessarily standing in a building together, but the church family in that as the church, I think an expression of his grace is we don't have to go it alone. Well, we don't go it alone, do we? We go it with God, but we go it with brothers and sisters in Christ. We go it with other people who are on the journey with us. And I wonder this morning if you are struggling with something, maybe you're sick in your body, maybe there's other needs. 
in your world at the moment that you'd really like some people just to stand with you in prayer with. If you want to lift your hand, and let's just take a couple of moments to gather around you and be able to pray for you. Fantastic, guys. Hold your hands up. Can you look around you, see someone with their hand up? Gather around them, please. Don't be shy. Lift your hand if there's any needs in your world that you'd like someone to stand with you. Fantastic. Down the front here as well. I see some people up the back. Jump out of your seats. Just go and gather around. Lay a hand on their shoulder. How about just uh, pray that they'll know the presence of God through whatever they're working walking through. There'll be a tangible sense of His grace in the situation that the miraculous power of God will be released into their circumstance. In Jesus' name, we declare these things, Father. That the hand of God would be known. That where healing needs to come, healing would be released in Jesus' name. Father, with this breakthrough required and provision that there would be a breakthrough come in the name of Jesus we declare that you are the God of provision relationships Lord that you would drop that seed in people's hearts of an action to take that will bring healing and restoration to relationships let it be a seed from heaven this morning Father, in Ephesians, you tell us you pour out all wisdom and understanding on us. So where there's problems being faced, I ask that there would be a revelation this morning. There'd be wisdom and understanding from the very throne room of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you that you're interested in the big and the small. Well, feel free to take a seat as you do. Can I um, just mention to you that on Tuesday night from 7 till 9 this week, this coming Tuesday in this room, we have a worship night together as a church. encourage you to come out. The last one was sensational. Spend a couple of hours worshiping God together. And that's great because it can. there's no, no sense of rush, no sense of anything. We can just spend time together worshiping God, which is awesome. Are well, you doing all right? Are you ready for uh, Pastor Ray? Great. Probably should have a notepad, should have a pen. There's a very high chance that he will say something that you will want to write down. Very high chance. Well, Ray, it is fantastic to have you with us. I'm very pleased that you could come. It's two years, isn't it? I think it's two years. It'll only be two years, but it has gone very fast, and it's, it's great. So, so you know, part of what Pastor Ray's doing while he's here this week is um, he's doing health checks on quite a few, warrant fitnesses on quite a few of the staff members, including myself and Jan and Ray and Wendy, and um, just to make sure we're doing okay and we're not going to fall over at the next hurdle. 
So if we're, none of us are here next week, you know that we were going to fall over at the next hurdle and he sent us away. <laughs> but it, I don't think it's that bad. But he's, um, that's part of what he's doing while he's with us. Because um, I think it's really important that, you know, that uh, we all stay on top of things and, and uh, you, you need to have security that we're doing the best we can to remain healthy and not running off down some crazy tangent. And so that's part of Ray's, Ray's um, brief this week. And I think Jan and I first up tomorrow morning. That's going to be a big day for you. (laughs) Anyway, why don't you come? How about giving uh, Pastor Ray a great big hand as he comes this morning? Amen. Well, it's, it's better to start in the morning with uh, Pastor Sheridan and Jan, because by four o'clock I'd be exhausted, and uh, it's a big, big, big task. I wonder, is there any possibility of turning these down a little bit for me, please, these big lights shining on me? You just look a little bit hazy out there, and I don't know how many people's even here. Good morning to everybody. Top of the morning to you. Amen. Lance is telling me this morning that uh, he's been stage manager every time I've come, so he can't believe how privileged he is. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pastor Sheridan and Jan, and Jan. It is so good to be here and to be back with you uh, in Hamilton and to be able to minister the Word. I'm not sure if it's two or three years. Uh, time goes past, and when you get to my age, it seems to go faster. Uh, for some reason, that's what happens. But... Uh, Praise God this morning for to be able to be here and to be able to minister the Word of God. I, I've been traveling a lot. This year I've been overseas a lot. Uh, my, actually, my favorite chorus is actually the covered, covered, covered one. Yes, sir. But that's all right. We, I, was in, I was in Birmingham. Oh, that's getting better. You're there. I see you. Amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate changing the whole system. <coughs> So I've been away, and I've been overseas uh, for the first half of this year. I've been overseas a lot, and that's why that song, I was in Birmingham in uh, one of the places because I was doing a circuit around England in June, and I was in Birmingham, and they sang that song uh, just before I was to come up to to minister, and the Holy Spirit just took the song and swept through the people, uh, and I love it because it's embodied in everything that's happened at the cross. Amen. And we can come this morning boldly to his presence because, amen, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you fall, doesn't matter. He just picks us up again, dusts us off and gets us going again. Amen. Isn't that what I like that? I'm covered not by my qualifications or by my pedigree or because I'm Irish. Amen. That's just part of the favor. <laughs> but we're covered this morning by his grace, and that puts us all on an equal footing, doesn't it? Amen. And so it's great. And I and, and, uh, see Pastor Ray and Wendy. Thank you. This morning we're going to some fellowship today. And we'll catch up with you too. There's some, uh, I've, done, I've been working in a lot of places since I've been here already with a lot of people. And um, they have left Hamilton to the last. Uh, obviously, we have to <laughs> I go home to recover. <laughs> I'm going to talk this morning for a little bit on... One of the most, the simplest, uh, the simplest uh, passage probably that we have in the New Testament and the simplest message that Jesus brought and yet the most profound message. 
And so within the context of our time and what we can do this morning is uh, to be able to share some of those principles. The Christian life, uh, uh, a young man came out uh, uh, in a service uh, where I was, and uh, he came in, in a prayer line, and he walked out to the front, and I went to pray with him, young man, about uh, probably around 30, early 30s, and uh, he's standing here, and he's already got his pose right, so obviously he's been in a few meetings before. And uh, he, he's here, and he's like this, head down. And so I go to him, and I said, so why are you here? He said, well, the Christian life is so hard. The Christian life is so difficult. I want prayer. And I said, listen, please look at me. Open your eyes. You don't have to go in a trance when you get in prayer. Just open your eyes. Look at me. The Christian life is not hard. The Christian life is not difficult. The Christian life is impossible. God has so designed the Christian life that we can't live it without him. Any other religion can be lived without God. But you can't live the Christian life without him. I fell totally in love with Jesus when I came to Christ. And I was doing so well for a number of years until I learned theology. Now, I'm not saying there's something wrong with theology. And if you're here from Bible College this morning, you're probably tuning out already. There's nothing wrong with theology as long as it remains the theology of Christ. Do you, you know, the thing is, theology is an interesting thing now because originally theology was union with God. But now it's an academic principle. We have kind of changed it until it's moved from my spirit to my head. And there's a problem this morning. If the thing moves to your head, the Christian life is null and void. It's not doing us any good. And I want to go simply with this this morning and to read a, uh, and to read a verse. If we can get all our gadgets working together. Kat's up there. She's been really doing a wonderful job. And, and so we're going to have a, one, the first slide up, and then I will control it from there because uh, I'm so used with women controlling me. Now, <coughs> yeah, this has not been recorded, is it? I, 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 this year I will be married 48 years. Yes. Indeed. Two life sentences. Now, what happened? Is it gone? Is it... We're having, what's that now? It's coming, but darling, I'm in a space. I have only a limited time. There's a clock, and I'm looking at the red. <laughs> she says it's coming. It'll be in the next service. Do you want to come to the next service? Well, have it on the, on the, ne on the next me. How are we doing? I'll take my coat off while we're working. You had that all working before. Who interfered with it? Take, that's not it. Oh, that's it. But why you come? It's gone to this. <laughs> if you, you know, just put that back up and let's try that. We're on the three things. 
because we have to have the diagram. That's very. Do you want my USB stick again? Oh, hey. Well, it's filling up something. Okay, let's read the verse. Shall we read the verse we've got there? Jesus said, live in me, make your home in me just as I do in you. God is more comfortable living in me than I am living with him. I'm always trying to adjust my life to suit him according to what I believe that he wants. And he is not trying to do anything to adjust me to live in me. Amen. Is he living in you this morning? Amen, of course. And in the same way that a branch can't bear grace by itself, but only be by and joined to the vine, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't bear fruit unless you're joined to me. In my past theology, before I had my theological metamorphosis, and move from legalism into understanding something of grace, which I will never understand until I get to the kingdom. But in that kind of metamorphosis, one of the things that was so important is, was this constant daily performing. When I came to Christ, which I will talk about a little bit, when I came to Christ, I knew nothing about the need to perform for God. I learned how to do that, which was a man-made thing had nothing to do with my salvation. It just had to do with people who were trying to wind me up, getting me to perform. And because I have a temperament that can easily perform, then I suited, suited me, and then I got to it and fell into line with the whole thing. But now I used to be told, well, you know what? You're going to have to be more patient. It is not one of my attributes. I am not patient. All you need to do is call my wife and say, what is it like to be driving somewhere with Ray? She tells me, I mean, I've had to stop this because she doesn't like it. She told me it was blasphemous because I, I, I keep telling her, honey, stop being the Holy Spirit in my life. She was the Holy Spirit in my driving. She said it was blasphemous, so I had to stop it. She said to me, but what is wrong with you? Don't you read the signs? Why do you think the signs are there? Well, I have all my excuses. I have all the reasons for those. They're all man-made. The people that give us the rules so they can make more money out of us. I'm not patient because you know why? When I get in my car, I have one objective. I'm going to somewhere. I don't go in my car to have a luxury trip. I'm going somewhere, and the goal becomes my focus, and people say, smell the roses, but I'm not in the botanical gardens. You don't smell the roses when you're driving. We get there, and these people put these obstacles on the road on signs. And I get there. I want to get to this goal. I need to get to this goal. And I am not patient. Speed limits. I like the little machines where it bip bips and lets you know that they're on the road. And tells me that I need to slow up, and I'm going over the thing. Now, I know immediately you will say, Ray, stop preaching to us. You're breaking the rules. 
I just don't know who made them. The thing is, for me, I don't think about the rules. I think about the goal. I'm not patient. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Thanks, Lance. <laughs> You're very perceptive, man. I am the vine. I am the vine. I am the... Did you get that? I am. You know, the thing is, in the Christian life, I hear people struggling so much, and they struggle, and they're striving, and they're trying, and they want to get somewhere. They want to be somebody. They want to achieve something. They want to have some great ministry. They want to be doing so many things. And Jesus said, knock it off. You will never be the vine. I have been really blessed in my life. And I have been incredibly blessed by being favored and getting promotion and going to different positions and doing different things. <clears throat> but let me tell you something this morning. You never, ever get promoted from being the branch to being the vine. He says, I am settled. It don't matter how much you try. It don't matter how much you struggle. It don't matter how many keep the rules you keep. It doesn't matter how many of the commandments you think you got together. It doesn't matter what you do. You will never be the vine. You do not have, you do not have, I do not have the ability to produce. It's so relaxing. I am the vine. You are simply the branch. I need to keep that in mind all the way through my Christian life, that I am simply a branch, I'm just a little branch, and I'm abiding in the vine. The reason this morning that this is so wonderful is because the responsibility is not mine at all. My Christian life has not been, is not my responsibility. I do not take responsibility for my Christian life because he already declared that, and he already declared that you are the vine. That is what makes you and I on equal terms this morning, and nobody's better than anybody else. We are all little branches. Whatever we look like, we're still little branches. Amen. But we're all branches. I am the vine, and you are the branch. And when you are, uh, when you are joined to me, and I with you, the relationship, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure. Get it right, and everything you want is what's going to happen. All we knew is about, about get it right. So I've been working a little diagram yesterday uh, because I was actually thinking about another message that I'd love to have brought this morning. And when you're traveling and bringing preaching, you like to think, you know, there's that many things you think, I'd like to tell them that, and I want to tell them that, and I'd like to have them to know that, and so on. And here's where we finish up arriving at what you're listening to now. Amen? So now... This is, this is more of a circus. Let me get this. Are we, are we coming up? And that's on my computer too. Okay. Amen. How did this change when you had that? <laughs> Don't touch a thing. Don't touch anything. Oh, it's still there. 
every time I turn around, it disappears. You think it's flipping some Irish leprechaun, isn't the thing? How do I work and preach inside a time limit with this sort of circus? Now, you got a brother right. Yes, here we go. See this? Now, one time, once I was like a little platter of ice trying to live while I died. And then God came and grafted me into the vine. He translated me from the powers of darkness. Some people talk about he, he brought me out of the kingdom of darkness. Darkness does not have a kingdom. Peter said it is the powers of darkness. We were controlled by evil forces, and in fact, we had no choice. We thought we had a choice, but we didn't have a choice because Romans says we just sinned as sin dictated to us. And the only thing that stopped us was some kind of social conscience or something that didn't want us to go to jail or make it worse. But the fact is, when we were in a, like a little plant in the vice, we are still trying to live while we died. And we were really under the powers of darkness. And then one day, one day he comes, and one day he meets our lives. One day he intercepts our lives. And that day he took us and he grafted us into the vine. I am eternally grafted to the vine. He has taken me from where I was at, and he brought me into the kingdom and it's the kingdom of light, it's the kingdom of liberty, and it's I am a subject in a kingdom. And one of the things that's incredibly important this morning is because subjects in a kingdom have choice. And you and I this morning, in this kingdom of freedom, we have a choice. We have a choice to come this morning. We have a choice to get up and sing. We have a choice to praise the Lord. We have a choice to sit down. We have a choice not to sing. We have a choice to have a bad attitude. We have a choice to have a good attitude. David says, this is the day that the Lord has made. My choice is I will rejoice and be glad. But it's just as easy. I can get up and I can say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will be miserable and sad. Our Christian life no longer depends on God. It no longer depends on the devil. It depends on our choice. Because Peter said he has already given us everything that pertains to life and to godliness. Amen. I'm on my way in this little plant here as a teenager, growing up in a very dysfunctional, very abusive, alcoholic home where my father would beat us unmercifully. I grew up into a very hard, a callous, uh, a dangerous young man who would kill my father if I had the opportunity. And there's only three things that I really liked. I liked playing soccer, working and riding on motor at motorbikes, and girls. I don't know which order it was in. Maybe I had the girl on the motorbike taking her to the soccer. <laughs> but, what, but those are three things that give me some kind of excitement outside the world of abuse. And I'm on my way to a soccer match and I was minding my own business, going to what I wanted to go, and the Holy Spirit met me on the way to soccer, intercepted my life, came totally uninvited, and he grafted me into the vine. He chose me, he loved me, and I had nothing to do with it except at the final moment when he set his love on me was to say yes. To be able to say yes 
as I had a revelation of the cross of Christ, which is a great testimony in itself, but we're not going there other than saying this morning that I have been grafted in, and now I am in the vine, and I now part of him. I'm grafted. I'm not just stuck on so that I can fall off. That's why I love that chorus, covered, covered. No matter what, no matter where, no matter how you fall, no matter what, I'm not stuck on. I am grafted into the vine. In fact, this little illustration is probably not the best because it's not really what a vine looks like. Uh, in, in, but, but just to illustrate the point, because a vine has <coughs> is so entangled that you try to get uh, the thing separate. Have you ever tried cutting vines? You try to get out of one? You try to cut something off? I'll tell you, we are really entangled. I am totally entangled in him this morning. Amen. I am so entangled in him, the devil can't take me out. Amen. Yes. And now, he grafted me into the vine. Now, he is the vine. He has already said that. Everything that I need is in him. Everything that he wants to supply. Everything that I want is in him. And what I do, one of the most important things is we are used to talk about fruit-bearing Christians. And that's what we had. Well, you've got to be more patient. You've got to be more loving. You've got to be more long-suffering. People in this congregation this morning have various aspects of their personality. Some people are more patient. Some people are more tolerant. Some people are more long-suffering. Some people can go all down the list, and they can be doing a whole lot of things. Everybody and their temperament are completely different. So somebody like my wife who sees me as impatient, she's normally patient. The problem is, in a lot of that Christian life, people have attributed to their spirituality, which is nothing more than their personality. In their personality, they're patient. You take a phlegmatic person, and you nearly have to hold their pulse to make sure they're alive. And then they become really self-righteous and wonder why I'm so impatient. It's a personality thing. But now, I'm joined to the vine. Uh, this here, the branch, you put your name in there, and right in there you put your name. That is your branch, and it's your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And now, we have a little door here. And this is a little door of choice. Listen to this carefully. Freedom is not doing your own thing. Freedom is our ability to choose. And now, I have the ability to choose. And we all choose. Like I said, we get up in the morning. Some people get up in the morning and they say, Good morning, Lord. And then other people get up in the morning and they say, Good Lord, morning. Your choice determines the color of your day. People, I go some places and it amazes me how people are fighting with the devil. And they get into so much spiritual warfare and they're trying to beat the devil. Listen, when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he did not say to be continued. He said it was finished. Amen. He did the complete work, and if the enemy can get me to spend time beating him up and giving him some attention, he's perfectly happy with that, and it's a waste of energy, it's a waste of time, it is a waste of life, in your Christian life, and it takes you away from your rest. It takes you away from your peace. It takes you away from everything that God has already provided. Please don't waste your time rebuking the devil, fighting with your devil. I don't, I don't, 
fight the devil. I, I don't rebuke the devil. I don't. Now, I know some of you learned scholars are probably sitting there saying, well, the Bible says to resist the devil. Well, I don't resist the devil. But you said to me, oh, but James says to resist the devil. Well, then I resist the devil. But I don't resist the devil. But you just said you did. Well, make up your mind, Ray. Do you or don't you? I do, but I don't. Hallelujah. James says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The greater includes the lesser. I submit myself to God, and automatically I am resisting the devil. I don't need to go resisting the devil. I just need to submit myself to God, and then I'm resisting the devil, and therefore I am not focusing on the devil. I am focusing on Jesus. I am focusing on the Lord. I am going to abide in Him. The Christian life is about abiding. It is so easy. It is so simple. And it doesn't matter how many years we've been on the way, and, doesn't, and I've been around for a while, which most of you can say, for a bit anyway. Now, I have choice today like I did as a teenager. I have choice. I can't live without him. I can't, be I can't live without being resourced by him. But it isn't about me getting down and fasting and pleading. Those things are right in their place. But a fasting and pleading and begging God and looking for God to do stuff. And uh, I, I remember years and years ago... Uh, I remember years and years ago when I was in the U.S. and I had gone and I was spending a couple of months at the time and I was, I'd gone to a little cabin in a really good friend of mine uh, up in Seattle and I just wanted to wait on God and, and I was pastoring and I wanted to break through in a lot of areas and I sought God and I fasted almost for two months. All I did was just eat lunch and all I had was a big Idaho potato with all that filling stuff you get in it and that's all I had. And every day, that's all I had. And I just waited on God and waited on God and waited on God. And you know what? Two months, and I, I did it two months nearly. I had nothing, got nothing. But I'm saying, Lord, but I want a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough. I want to see a breakthrough. I need to get a breakthrough. And I'm praying for a breakthrough. And one night, I'm getting into bed. It's wet and it's cold. And as you know, Seattle rains quite a lot. And I'm getting into bed in this little cabin that I was in. And as I just picked up the blanket like this, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to get up early in the morning, as clear as you had spoken to me. And I said, I don't need to get up early. It's wet and it's cold, and I'm praying all day. But I knew that it was God. And I said, okay. Okay, Father, here's what I want you to do for me. If you want me up early in the morning, I want you to wake me at 5 o'clock sharp on the dot. And please, don't let me go to the toilet in the night so that I'm disturbed and look at the clock. I went to bed, and the next thing I knew, I couldn't believe it, the next thing I knew, I'm sitting up in bed, it's dark, pitch dark, I'm sitting up in bed, I'm as bright and fresh and alive and I thought, my goodness, I'm wide awake. And then I looked at the clock, and it was 5 o'clock, dead on the dot. Amen. That morning, God spoke to me. I went up into the pastor's office there 
because I had the key to the office. I went up in the pastor's office, and as I was reading in the Bible, God spoke to me, and he said, I want to remind you of something. You've been waiting on me. You've been seeking me. But you're not the God of the breakthrough I am. Stop trying to break through. Trust me. Rely on me. Leave it to me. Because if you broke through after praying and fasting for two months, you'll go back and be telling everybody the necessity to pray and to fast and how you broke through. But you're not getting any glory out of this, and I will break through in my own timing. I'm the God of the breakthrough, not you. Two months I had to wait for that message. Yes, that's it, brother. You get it in the first day, it would have been a whole lot smarter. <clears throat> Amen. So now what I can do, though, is now God is the vine, and now here's the door. I can open or close the door. That's, my, that's the subject in the kingdom's choice. I can do it. If I, if I close the door, I will close the door through unbelief. I don't believe that Jesus can do it. I don't believe that God can meet me. I don't believe that. I've been around a long time, and there's things I don't know about God, and I don't know if he would do that, and I start on believing. You know, the Bible tells us very clearly that the children of Israel, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Now, there's one thing I know about God. He is unlimited. But if there's one thing I know about God, he's limited. Irish again, you see. How do you limit an unlimited God? And the Bible says, and they limited him in their believing. We limit God in our believing. We close the door through unbelief, and we limit the power of God flowing through us. And then we want to go through all lines of repentance. We want to do all kinds of things. We'll go into prayer. We'll come to the front Sunday after Sunday for prayer. We want a touch from God. We want God to minister into our lives. We want something from God. And you know what? The Christian life is not a whole series of scenarios that I have to do, steps that I have to get to, chains that I have to break. It is simply recognizing I've closed the door. It's about closing the door. Or I can rise up in pride. Well, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been preaching for years. I've been counseling for a long time. I'm smart enough. I know how to do all of this. And rise up in pride. And the problem is, pride is man's glory that threatens the glory of God. And God says, I will not give my glory to another. I am another, therefore I am a threat to the glory of God. And he shuts it off. The door closes. And he leaves me on my own. You know what? We try, I do so much marriage counseling. You know, the problem is, leave me and my own. I have had some woman, I know you'd understand this, but I have had some woman who has said they would love to be married to me. Yeah? And I understand it. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> so I tell them, I, I, I allow myself to indulge for a few moments. And then I, I, I tell them, I said, you know what? I think you should ring my wife. Seeing me for one hour in a church service or time in a seminar, I am incredibly attractive because I'm so good looking. One time I used to have beautiful black wavy hair and then one time it waved goodbye. Not quite as bad as some people yet, but it is. 
I have a little bit to try and stick down on the way. <coughs> Do you see? And now, what's really important in what I'm doing now is saying, no, I need to not get off the pride scale, get off the thing. And there's some stories coming to my mind that I'm trying to say, no, I can't tell them because I don't have time. Next service, I'll just keep going. But the point is, we have to see that pride and rise up and think you can do it, think you're good at it now, experience has taught you something, I'm mature in Christ, let me tell you something, from the moment I was picked up on my way to a soccer match, I am no different today than I was then. My need to abide is important now as it was then. In fact, it was easier for me to abide then because I knew nothing. And let me tell you something, when I knew the least, I experienced the most. There's the truth. That's the truth. Theologians don't like that when I tell them in seminary. Because you know what? You can get a big head, and I teach in seminaries, and I tell you, you can get a big head, and you can know all the stories, and you can know everything, and you can be dead and dry and cold and distant from God because you can close the door. Now, that's not necessarily they do, but it could happen, is it not? Why do I know all this? Because I've done the lot. That's why I'm telling you this morning. I'm not doing something I haven't done. But now, when you close the door, you're on your own. And, the, and then you start to get dry, barren, and I'll tell you, you're not nice to live with. I don't know what I'd be like to live with without abiding in Christ. I know me pretty well. I'm not always totally honest with knowing me because my wife wants to add to what I know. I know what I'd be like with the door closed. I know what my personality would be like. I know where I could go without Jesus. I know what it would be like. So I know out here. And what happens is you start to get barren, and then you become dry. And once you get barren, uh, you know what? A non-Christian person is actually better off than a Christian that closes the door. Because a non-Christian has never tapped the life of the Spirit. They have never been in the vine. They don't know what it's like to be resourced from heaven. And therefore, they have nothing to look at. But a Christian who closes the door to his life and moves back like a non-Christian person and lives like a non-Christian person with the door closed, they're going to heaven. Oh, yes, they're going to heaven, but it's a hell of a trip. But they close the door, and then they know what it's like to be resourced. They know what the move of God's like. They know what the joy of Jesus is like. And I'll tell you, it's hell to close the door. Because whatever your soul's like, when you let loose on who you are, just ask your partner what you're like whenever you're not abiding. They'll give you a fair insight if they stay at a distance. Amen. Yes. So you, so you close the door. Now, then, I, I close the door by those, but I can open the door by humility and faith. I can open the door. Humility is not saying I am nothing. Humility is saying I have nothing. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to your cross I cling. Jesus, I need you every hour. One of the difficult things for me in ministry, and on this trip, like a trip like this, I have been going in New Zealand absolutely flat out, day after day after day. I've been leaving to catch planes at 6 o'clock in the morning and getting back and finishing at night and really flat out and going into... 
and I've just had to say, I don't do this anymore. I don't do this anymore. There's two things that I need more than anything else in the morning. I want breakfast. I have to have my porridge. But more importantly, I need to have time out to hang out with God. I need time to be resourced. The temptation in the garden, with, uh, when the enemy came in the garden, is the same temptation we have today. All the devil wanted to do to Adam and Eve, and they had been going well for some while. All he had to do, he came to them and he said, you know what? He said, you don't need him up there. You can do it all by yourself. The same temptations with us. Very same thing. All the devil wants to do is cut the umbilical cord. And we need to ensure that we don't let that happen. And in this sense, we're talking about now closing the door, stopping being resourced. And now we have prayer on toast. We're on the way to, to work. We're on the way. We don't have time because we're so busy and life gets so busy. But we don't realize that without being living in the vine and resourced in the vine, we're going to dry up, become barren. And when we do, we can become irritable and cranky, hard to live with. And we can get all signs of negative emotions begin coming into our being because our soul doesn't do well without being lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. My soul, my mind, will and emotion need to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Only then can he resources. I told you before, I told you before, and, and I'll tell you a little story, and then I need to get winding up. David is telling himself, and he's, he finds himself being taken off by his soul. And I'll tell you, the soul would like to run away because the soul's first exposed to the world. My mind, will, and emotions is first contact with every day, first contact with the world, first contact with has to be done, first contact with all that's going on. My soul's the first thing. And David likens it to a wild young stallion. And what David does, uh, oh, will I be safe enough to move this? I, I want to go back. You see, maybe that wasn't wise. We wanted to go to the next verse. Yes, we'll, we'll correct this for the next service, I'm sure. It's all right, Chad, don't condemn me. No condemnation. Stay in the vine. You're doing a good job. David speaks to his soul, which is starting to get out of line. And David says to his soul, return, O my soul. I need to do like David. And David has closed the door in, in the illustration that I'm doing. And David's saying, come on, come on. The soul is racing away. The soul, the mind, will, and emotions are starting to dictate to. I'm being dictated to by my mind. I'm dictated to by my, my will. I'm dictated to by my emotions. Uh, that's not it. Some, that's the next guy that's coming to preach. And David says, Return, O oh my soul, to your place of rest. Return, O oh my soul, return, O oh brother, sister, this morning. May I encourage you that in the, in the turmoil, the difficulties, the tumult, the chaos, the things that can happen in life, we need to be speaking to our soul that so easy engages into life's affairs. And we need to say, come on, come on, return, O oh my soul, to your place of rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Amen. Isn't that true? Yeah, everything's going. Is that it? Should I sit down? 
I'm going to tell a story, and I will sit down. <laughs> do, you think, do you think you got enough? Listen to this. I was getting ready one morning, very early Sunday morning, to go down south. I was going to preach in a church way down south, which takes you way down through the Nambaka Valley, takes you down into a beautiful countryside, and I was going all the way down there. And on the morning, on that Sunday morning, I was going down there, preached some aspects, not this particular one, but some aspects of abiding in Christ, living in rest, something like that. And I came down into Nambaka, and as I got down into Nambaka, I, I hit a 60-kilometer sign. Now, that's bad enough in itself, but one thing I do know, that that's a really bad trap there where the police catch people. There is, there is all kinds of signs, and there are all kinds of signs and to, to, to catch you, and the people, and police sit in their cars, all that stuff that goes on illegally. That's in my book. I go into the 60, and here is an old farmer sitting in front of me in a car, hat down over the head, Sunday morning driving at 40 kilometers an hour. I know how spiritual you would have been. I understand that. But you know what? I was sitting there, and I was okay for a little bit. And that road goes swine so long. And he is there, hat on, and he's looking over at the hills. And then he looks at the water. Something in me stirs. <laughs> oh, it does. So I just drive up very close to him to influence him, you understand. And I'm not doing that well. But then here was the line of sanity and insanity when the door starts closing. I start talking to him. His windows are up and so are mine, but I am talking. I am addressing this idiot on Sunday morning with the audacity of holding me up from getting to church and I'm preaching, abiding in Christ. And as I did, he takes no notice. So then I started detailing some things, and I'll try and keep it to a minimum so that I don't look too bad. But then I start talking to him more, and I'm saying things to him. And then I said, why have you got mirrors? Why don't you look in your mirrors? I reached a point that I was just about wanting to push him in the drink. And I was losing it. And I'm screaming in my car at him, just screaming at him. And I said to him, if you want to see the countryside, buy yourself a bicycle. And God spoke to me. And God said to me, look at yourself. Well, my, oh, my. I, in time past, in my legalistic days, I'd have been, I would have pulled over to the side of the road, 
went through seven steps of repentance. This is not good. This is terrible. And then I'm going to do all this praying stuff. Or I just thought I'm disqualified. I shouldn't be going there. I'm disqualified. I'll go back home. This is a waste of time. But instead of that, this time, I started to laugh. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. And I saw the irony of the thing. Here I am going to preach abiding in Christ, and I've lost it. Do you know what? At that moment, at that moment, instead of wanting to go home or repent or do anything else, I just turned to the Lord. And I said, Father, I am out of patience. I am out, out, out. I was out, you understand. Because now I was talking to God very different than I did in my legalistic days when I used to tell him something I thought he should hear instead of what I wanted to say. And I'm really, you know something? You have to admit where you are before you can leave where you are. If you don't own something, you'll never disown it. I had truth. I sat in my car and I had truth. I am out, out, out. And I said, Father, now, I want you to manifest and reveal and bring about the message that I teach everybody else, that Christ is at all sufficiency, that he is the vine, that he supplies patience, that he supplies tolerance, that he supplies long-suffering. That's the message I preach to everybody else. If that message is not real for me in the car now, then my message doesn't work and I'm through. That's hard stuff. But you know what? Far better have been honest with God. If you do the big long trip, it's too long. And at that moment, in the most unbelievable way, I have never before, I have never since felt the peace of God externally and internally. My car was so filled with the peace of God, I felt like reaching out, I could grab it. It was tangible. It was in the air. It was everywhere. I could touch it. I could feel it. I could sense it. It was filling me inside. It was filling my car on the outside. And at that moment, I proved the message that I'm talking to you this morning, that he is everything to you that you are not. And there's so much that we are not, but he's everything that we are. Amen. He came. I, I could not get myself back to a place of peace. Only he could bring that peace. And in that peace, I had all the patience in the world. And you know what? My circumstances didn't change at all. He, the guy was still going. But now I'd lifted my foot off the accelerator, and I was luxurating in a bath of the patience, the peace, and the love of God. He was everything to, to me. The, music, the musicians can come. He was everything to me that I was not. Amen. And I just looked. You know what? When I got to that meeting, they were singing some songs. By the time I got there, they were singing songs. I thought, sit down. I want to preach. I was so fired. I was so electrified. And I'll tell you this. On the way down from there, I changed my message. I preached a different message. I was so on fire, so electrified, I was still bouncing around in a bubble of peace. He is my peace. I am not peace. He is my peace. He is my righteousness. He is my patience. He is all I need. All I have to do is make the choice 
to abide. I can't blame my wife. I can't blame somebody else in the events of life which are non-negotiable. I can't do that because it's all about my choice. If I abide, I have everything that I need. If I don't abide, I'm not a nice guy. God bless you this morning. It's been great sharing and ministering to you. Amen. Ray's going to be speaking in the next service and tonight in the 6pm I encourage you to come out and hear him and uh, it's a helpful message isn't it very helpful and uh, it's pretty easy to get tied up with ourselves it's good to keep our attention where we need to keep it on God hey as we finish this morning the, um, the host team are just going to receive an offering and it's to bless Dr Ray as he continues to travel we want to make sure that we bless him as he leaves Hamilton today so if I could invite you just to ready yourselves for that and uh, I'll pray then let's enjoy morning tea if you are visiting today just go right as you go out the door grab a, uh, a visitors pack off the table there and it would be great to get to know you a little more well father I thank you for today I thank you that it's a, a perspective check And we're willing to be adjusted. Lord, I ask that for each of us, we would take hold of uh, the specific parts in that message today that uh, we needed to hear and that we would be very quick to apply. And Jesus, we declare as we finish that we are so grateful for our relationship with you. Thank you for connecting us to the Father. Father, you are our all-sufficiency. And we invite you to continue to remind us of that. I pray your blessing on your church as we go into our week, as we do our best to live the lives that you've called us to do. Again, we turn our attention to you and thank you that the ability for that is in you. Help us live in that place so that wherever we are and whenever we're there, we can be like Jesus. Thank you for today. Thank you for every person, every family represented here. I ask that every person would leave with a tangible sense of your presence on their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, team. If we could receive that offering, would be wonderful. And I remind you too, the worship night on Tuesday night, seven to nine uh, in this room. It'll be great. Also, as you leave the auditorium on the left of each of the doors, uh, giving stations. Can I just remind us, please, as a church, let's be purposed in our giving. Have a great week. Amen.